0: Welcome to episode 17 of Professional Balance, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. Today, we will discuss what you should change when a business is failing or a startup can't get off the ground. Is it marketing strategy or product service offering? Why is it your brand has not connected with the right audience to facilitate sales? Is it a marketing problem? Wrong audience, wrong offer, wrong channel, not clear, consistent messaging, failing to separate from the competition via distinct differentiation etc or is it that there are fatal issues in the product or service itself the design the function the price the delivery the value offering the quality unmet expectations etc if you are failing what is to blame and how can you fix it is it marketing effort product issues or both let's talk about how To decide what needs to be addressed without losing all the work you've put into this point, how do we find a balanced approach? This long form audio only podcast is posted once a month as an opportunity to dive deep into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seem to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life? This is more than just work life balance, we examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. Marketing failure or product failure? What should you change when a business is failing or a startup can't seem to get off the ground? Well, first, we start by examining our processes. Everything you do and how you do it can contribute to why your business is failing. It seems pretty obvious, right? But you also probably assume you're doing things in the right way for the right reasons. You need to start by examining your process. Why do we start here? Because this is one area we have complete control over. And even if we don't solve the problem that we're trying to address, the one that we're chasing currently, we can create value, we can create benefit, we can create effectiveness and efficiency within our processes by examining them. So how do we start with that? We start in the order of importance the most important aspects of what we do and how we do it are processes and have the biggest impact thus they have the most importance so we start there that's why the first half of this conversation about balance is your marketing strategy if your product or service is not connecting with your audience it seems very obvious and has great impact if your marketing strategy is incorrect Or after your strategy is set, of course, right? Goals, objectives, and strategy. You get from strategy, you get into tactical execution. There could be failings there as well. They're going to have the greatest impact. After that, you're going to have the decision-making processes itself for the whole business. So your leadership team, your executive team, your internal processes for decision-making. That leads you to the product or or service development process itself also just as impactful as the marketing process and thus why it's two parts of the conversation about how we balance these two things out. How do we make sure our process of product development is as effective and driven, informed, and completely in the control of our consumer, of our audience, that's who we're trying to connect with for all the right reasons because we need to offer them something that they want, need, find value in with a differentiation. So examining the marketing process, examining the product development process, examining your sales process. How are your salespeople picking up the process once marketing has done their job, once it's created interest in in the world? How is your sales team picking up that interest trying to create an execution so that you can convert and create a sales opportunity along that same line. Customer service comes with sales. How are you actually executing on the sale, on the conversion process? Could also be accounting as well. Is accounting giving you the correct numbers as to what a price could be and should be for the product or service? Are you covering your internal costs? or are you pricing yourself out of the market? How does that relate to your audience and to your competition? That goes back to your marketing process to to answer those questions as well. So the order of importance, what will impact the most as quickly as possible is where we start. You follow that up with attention to details. If your processes are correct, if you're doing the big stuff right, if you put the research in, you've done your marketing work, you've positioned yourself correctly, you've created the right marketing strategy or execution comes into play. The tactical level, this is where the details happen. Are you conveying the message correctly? Are you using the right channels? Are you using the right consistency and timing? Are you paying attention to the feedback? And are you delivering succinct, simple, straightforward, and differentiated very different messages than your competition. Are you setting yourself apart in the market or are you just simply putting information out? Are you being busy to be busy or are you be busy to be effective? Are you paying attention to the details? The details will also tell you where you're gaining and losing your potential audience. Are you gaining their attention and then losing it in the sales process, the conversion process, the follow-up? the attention to details, the the places where you figure out where the traffic slowed down and stops, sometimes the smallest detail is eliminating all of the good work you've done at the top level to get your consumer to that conversion process. Along with detail, you have to have follow-up. It's okay It's great. I almost said okay, but it's obviously the point of being in business is an initial sale. We want to sell our product or service to our audience. Who wants it, finds value in it, et cetera. We're creating a win-win scenario for both of us. But we also have to follow up on that sale. Your focus can't be the singular sale. It can't be the first interaction. It can't be a one and done. You must follow up. You have to have processes for follow-up make sure that we have delivered on the expectations created by marketing, that we have provided the product or service at the value level that we promised, that we have a happy customer that can be turned into a repeat customer, that can be turned into a dependable customer, that can be turned into a brand evangelist. At the very least, someone who comes away satisfied, even if they're not going to make a repeat purchase, will have a positive opinion of us, or at the very, very least, not having a negative opinion of doing business with our entity. So follow-up is key as well. But if you have started with the order of importance, the things that have the most impact, if you follow up on the attention to detail, the follow-up in these processes is how you wrap all of this up together. That's how you start by examining your processes. Now, what comes next? If you are doing things as well as you possibly can internally, what's happening Happening externally. What are we doing with our marketing, with our sales in the consumer's mind? How are we tracking and understanding the consumer interest that we create with our marketing with the conversion percentage, our actual sales? How many people, how many eyeballs are we getting on our marketing message? How many of them are we gaining? from attention to attraction, we've moved them from an attention stage to an attraction stage. Once they are attracted to our product, how many of them percentage-wise, it doesn't matter if it's one or two or seven or 5,000, if that's only 1% or 2%, how many on the percentage-wise are we converting to actual sales? And are we losing a great deal Of potential sales somewhere in this process. So we're post-marketing at this point. We've gained attention and created attraction. Now someone is interested. They've created an interest. They are coming to our website. They're coming to our brick and mortar. They're making a phone call. They're sending an email. They're inquiring. They're attempting to start the buying process, the conversion process. Now marketing has done their work our sales team, our customer service, our actual delivery of the product itself and the product itself. If they—if we've created interest in our product, we've got your attention and we've created attraction. If someone comes to physically touch or look at or engage the product or service, are they being let down by what they find in the physical form or in the actual offering that is deeper and obviously more detail then we gave them in the marketing materials that's the first place that we potentially can lose our audience is it happening there if it's not happening there are we ha- are we losing our potential audience when they are given the price or the purchase methods or the per- purchase methodology how do they purchase it and what cost is it are we losing them there is the price too high is it wrong is it too cumbersome to deliver the product or service is there something else such as a warranty or extended coverage, or customer service that they expect as the audience to come along with it that we're not delivering? Are we losing our audience there as well? If we've gotten them that far, are our salespeople doing our job? Is our technology doing its job? Is the actual delivery of the product or service as expected and as delivered by our competition? So if you you understand going through a drive through You drive up, you talk to the speaker and the person behind the speaker on the big menu, you come around the corner, there's a person at the window, you pay them, they hand you the food, you go on down the road, you expect it to be quick, you understand the quality level that comes with a drive-through versus a sit-down versus a fine dining establishment, you understand the process. If that process is slower or more cumbersome, or if there's four windows instead of one or two, or if the price is too high, or if the person who is behind the window will not accept your money and, and have a least decent attitude with you, if they deliver your food uh, in single pieces instead of in a bag or in a box, if it's cold, etc., cetera, we've not met our expectations in that scenario. Obviously, that's completely different than a different type of eating establishment. It's also different if you're buying a house or a car or a luxury item the expectation of the sales process, the customer service, and the delivery. You're buying a virtual product. If you're buying something online, you're downloading an app on your phone, you expect it to be one, maybe two buttons you have to push on your phone, might have to give an email address or a credit card information. Even that needs to be in a way that is cohesive with other examples online, other apps, etc., If your process, if your competitors can do it in three steps and it takes nine steps for you to do it, you have the potential to lose your audience. You need to examine that. So we've done the marketing work. We've done the customer service work. We've done the sales. We're in the conversion process. Where are we still not connecting? Where are we losing the connection with our audience to conversion and then repeat conversion? The first sale is great. The first sale is essential. The first sale is where we start, but real profitability, real success for a business comes in the second, third, and fourth, the repeat sales, the follow-up. That's why earlier in examining our processes, follow-up and attention to detail was so important. The initial sale is necessary, but the repeat sales by percentage is a huge indicator as to whether or not your product actually delivers on what your marketing expectations are. If you set expectations with your marketing of what that product or service will do for you, the value provided, etc., well enough that someone is willing to buy it the first time to make the first purchase, but they're not willing to make a follow-up purchase and repeat that, then the expectation you set with your marketing was too high. Your product either has to improve To meet the expectation, or your marketing has to change to give different expectations so that the product meets it. The key to this entire process is setting and meeting expectations. Sometimes, I want to say sometimes, often, very often, people develop a product or service with the idea that it will simply be the best available. It's an unrealistic idea and unnecessary. You don't have to have the absolute best of something in order to be competitive. To be profitable and be successful, but you do need to have something that is different that has a differentiation. So you have to set yourself apart and your value proposition. That is done by setting an expectation with your marketing. It goes back to again, fast food expectations are del- are different than fine dining expectations. That's also why the cost is different and the delivery mode is different. Consumers understand that. It's your job as a marketing team, as the executive team, and the sales and product development team, all of you working together to understand what it is you're offering, what the value is, and explain that succinctly in your marketing so that when someone buys it, when you get the conversion process to actually happening, marketing has been successful, your sales team has worked, all of your technology, the delivery, etc. You've done everything you want to do in business now. The only way you lose your audience is a failure in the product or service itself or a failure in the customer service follow-up. This is devastating to a business. If you can't repeat business, you will not sustain, you will not be profitable, and you will not last a long time. Initial sales are fantastic. and When you're young, when you're a startup, when you're a new business, they are the lifeblood sustainable sales, repeatable sales, is where true profitability is. That's where true success and sustainability is. If a business is going to be successful for the next 50 years, most of those sales are repeat. You also can't be 100% repeatable sales because people will stop buying your product or service for reasons outside of your control. They die. They move out of your market. They don't need the product or service anymore. Their lifestyle changes, their economic factors change where they don't have the ability to do so, etc. Those factors happen. You do need to be attracting new audience at all times. But if the majority of your sales are repeat business, A, you have control of the process because, again, you meet the expectations you set with your marketing and you are engaged with a a business relationship with them, whether it's very casual and very anonymous or something where your employees know the people that you're doing business with, have the ability to communicate with them, to ask questions, to receive feedback, etc. All of this benefits you as you move forward. The initial sale is important and essential. Repeat business is where profitability happens. This is the goal of every business is to create repeatable business. So where in this conversion process did you lose that consumer and why? this is essential this is also the second half because we've gotten them to make the convert the process we've gotten them to make the sale we've done the conversion process so marketing isn't the question outside of expectations created by marketing so what is it about the product or service if we're losing our audience because the product does not live up to the to the hype created by the marketing team again we need to improve the product or change our marketing expectations the question is What are we capable of improving the product and what costs would be associated with doing so? Or is it easier, more controllable to change the the marketing messaging? The biggest issue here and how you balance these two questions is what your position is in the market. Are you the low-cost provider? Are you the, the top quality provider? Do you have the best customer service, the fastest delivery, the most convenient? the most options, a separate option that others don't have, etc. What is it that's the differentiation that has set your product or service apart in the market? When you ask your question to yourself and to your team, do we change the product or do we change the marketing, your position is the guiding light. If your position is has something to do with the product itself, again, options, features, quality etc then the upgrade of the product is where your focus should be if your position has less to do with the actual physical or virtual nature of your product but in the me need it meets you can change that need you meet through your marketing effort attract different audience who has a different need that you can meet thus setting and meeting those expectations The key to business is setting and meeting expectations and in managing this change. This is why this conversation is so important. It's also why balance in this conversation is so important. So when you set those expectations, you have to set them clearly. Have you clearly set your expectations? And often people fail to set clear expectations because they are afraid that they're missing opportunities by not throwing the kitchen sink into their marketing a complete and total failure every single time it is done. Do not do kitchen sink marketing. Set clear expectations of what your product or service will deliver. Who the audience that should be interested in it and want to convert in a sales process, thus and becoming a repeat customer. That's all you're looking for. Single one-time sales are fine when they happen, but not something we want to spend marketing time, effort, budget, etc. on. Your marketing needs to clearly attract your best audience for repeatable business, not a one-time purchase only, but one-time purchase and repeatable is the goal of your marketing efforts. Also, your marketing efforts, the expectations you set through your marketing should also eliminate people who have different expectations your product or service cannot meet. If someone is looking for the best steak they have ever eaten, you do not want to attract them to your drive through fast food business. You cannot meet that expectation. Flip side, if someone wants a meal for less than $10, you do not want to attract them to your fine dining establishment where all of your meals start at $20 and go up from there. Set and meet expectations. If Your business owner, if your CEO, if the C suite, if the executive team, if your boss says, But wait, we're missing opportunities to not attract these people who aren't going to buy and definitely will not repeat in business. It's your job as the marketing professional or the product development professional to tell them that's not our audience that we're looking for. Because again, we're not trying to gain everyone. We're not trying to gain likely. We're trying to gain the attention of the most likely to buy and repeat because they set they agree the expectations we've set, and they agree we've met those expectations, and they find value in that for their life, whether it's their personal life, their business life, etc., so that the next time they need that product or service again, they found value in our initial offering, and they repeat the process. Are your expectations set clearly? Do they define what you do, what you don't do, who your audience is, who your audience is not? If they have been set correctly, are you meeting those expectations? Once the consumer gets the product or service, once they physically have it, it's been virtually delivered, once the, the actual experience with what you're selling them happens, do they feel you've met the expectation you set? It doesn't matter if you think you met the expectation set. It only matters if they think that you met the expectation that is set. Ask them. Survey. This is a customer service. This is the follow-up issue. Find ways to have discussions with people who have purchased your product or service and ask them if you met the expectations. This is, were you satisfied? Did you find value in it and why? You need to know why they say yes, and you absolutely need to know why they say no. If you can understand that, if you can gain that information and that real world information carries more weight than any internal process, any internal decision-making and has 100 times the weight of the opinion of the boss. The opinion of the boss is irrelevant and even worse, the opinion of the boss's kids, wife, husband, second cousin, neighbor, people who are not involved in the process at all, their opinions mean little to none unless they are our target audience. The opinions of people are outweighed by the data that can be collected through the process of asking, surveying. This is why repeat customers and creating relationships in business is so essential because you can learn from them continually and make educated decisions based on the audience or the people willing to put their time and money into your product or service, as opposed to the opinion of anyone in the process. So. Have you set, and met, set clearly and met expectations? If not, where is that disconnect? And where do you make the improvements? Again, the conversation goes to, is it marketing or product itself? There needs to be a balance based on your position, be also based on your differentiation. What is it that sets your product apart from every other similar product or competing for the same dollar, product or service in the market? Don't tell me it's simply because you're the best. Everyone says it, everyone thinks it, and most of you are wrong. Instead, be honest with yourself. If you want to be successful in business, if you want to really achieve something, create a model, again, that can create an initial sales process and conversion, and then repeat on a regular basis. If you can get to a dependable, predictable, bankable return of that sale, that's where absolute success comes from. But be honest with yourself and listen to the data from the market, not your internal opinions. Do you have a clear differentiation? Have you done a good job explaining that in your market? Is the design and delivery of the product or service itself, if it's a physical product, the physical design, if it's a virtual product, the delivery method, and what comes with it, the value proposition, is it truly distinct? Or are you just like everyone else in the market who is already in the market and competing better than you because they've been there longer? Or in this case, because your business is failing, they're simply doing it better. Is the design distinct? Is the product or service different? Do you have a clear differentiation? Do you explain it well in your marketing? Is your position in the market correct? Correct. And for those of you who may not understand exactly what I mean when I refer to a position, because I've said it a few times today, this is the strengths and weaknesses of your product versus the strengths and weaknesses of the product service of everyone else in your market. There's, again, cost, there's features, there's delivery method, there's all customer services, all kinds of factors that go into what sets you apart and makes you attractive or non-attractive to the potential consumers. That's your position. Where's the place That if someone's looking for A, B, and C in those combinations, that is your combination. And in that scenario, you are the most likely to be purchased. That's your position. If you're positioned correctly, your differentiation should be obvious, unique, and relevant. It should be obvious to the consumer what's different about what you're offering is than anyone else. It should be unique. It can't be just like everyone else. Thus, it wouldn't be a differentiation if it's just like everyone else. And is that differentiation relevant? If your differentiation is that it comes in a specific color, but no one cares what color it is, it's not relevant. If it comes in a size, if it does a, has a feature that does something very different than anyone else, but no one cares about that feature, it is not relevant. Who wants it and how do you know? How do you know is because you receive feedback. The marketing is working or not. Are you attracting Are you creating attention? Are you attracting? Are you getting people into the conversion process? Is your marketing working? That yes and no, and percentage yes and percentage no is feedback that is essential to you to understand if your marketing is working or not. If it is, if you're getting them in the conversion process, but they're repeating or not repeating, you have the ability to ask them. Survey, customer service, responses, ways of asking, even the reviews people give you online, et cetera. Take all of that information in social listening as well. People will make express their opinion about your product or service in the in the market, in, online and otherwise. They will put it on Yelp. They'll put it on Google reviews. They'll tweet about you. They'll put it in their Facebook reviews. Someone will ask a question on the Nextdoor app about, should I buy this? And they will make a referral or tell people to stay away from your product or service. If you are paying attention to all of that, you can have that information to you as well is your differentiation a real value? Again, is it relevant? Or is it boring? Maybe you have a very clear differentiation and it is applicable, it is relevant, but it is boring. It's the least exciting differentiation in the market. That puts you at the bottom of the market scale. And relevancy is super important. I recently heard a quote from the inventor of the Nintendo, about how they became so successful over such a long period of time, he says specifically, I quote, relevance plus unexpected equals greatness, end quote. I often say, you've heard it on the Saturday Morning Hustle, you definitely have heard it on my business podcast, the Golden Group Strategic Growth Podcast, formerly the Neo Marketing Podcast, I say, quote, give them what they want, but with a surprise, end quote. What does that mean? Set and meet expectations. We've talked about this many times before. That is how you give them what they want. What they want is what you gave them in the expectations in your marketing. Give it to them, but give them a little more, often called over-delivering. Under-promise, over-deliver. And the over-delivery process, the I was expecting this and I got a little bit more, that 110%, 125% is often very nuanced in your marketing. There's restraint that needs to come with your marketing because you don't want to over-promise, but you also don't want to under-promise, this comes back to positioning and being very succinct, very as clear and direct and as simple as possible in your messaging, have a singular differentiation that you drive home with massive consistency through all your marketing channels, etc. What is the expectation? Why is it different? Why is that relevant? Relevance plus unexpectedness equals greatness there's also value added what can you give them through the conversion process through the sale that they were not expecting and if you can give them something they weren't expecting that they truly value and or cost you little to nothing to give them that value add is a huge bonus in this process so value added is essential not over-delivering, not over-promising and under-delivering, but under-promise, over-deliver. There's a nuance there. There's There's some restraint that needs to happen. Value added is unexpected. It's outside of what you promised them in your marketing, in your conversion process. It's just a little bonus extra. This is where the credit card companies give you access to travel deals and backstage concert tickets and things of that nature dining and exclusive restaurants. These are things you don't expect from your credit card company, but they're value added because you get that from from having their credit card. You can do the same thing with any product or service you offer. You can control what you can control. You can control your quality levels. You can control your delivery. You can control your marketing message. You can control the process. That's why going back to your processes, the review, and your inter- your internal scenarios, and the small stuff, the details, sweating the details is essential because these are the things you can control, and the small stuff adds up. Small stuff, value add, delivery better than expected, the under-promise, over-delivery, all of this adds up to create brand loyalty. If you create a brand loyalty because, again, you have avoided being boring or irrelevant, but instead been relevant plus unexpected or you've given them what they want with a surprise two ways of looking at the same outcome then you create brand loyalty that brand loyalty is the key essential element in repeatable business how many times today have I told you the the need for repeatable business this is essential so the same time you're doing all of that ignore your competition I do not mean ignore them as don't act like they don't exist they do exist But allow their competition to essentially own any position that's not your position. If they have a position, if they market themselves, if they create expectations that are different than yours, don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Let them do that. Focus on what you can control. Focus on your message. Stay in your position. Stick with your differentiation. Double, triple, quadruple down on that. Set expectation and meet them. Slightly over deliver value-added, customer service, things you could control, the small stuff, the details for brand and loyalty and repeatable business. Ignore everything else. The rest of it is just noise and will distract you, detract you, and make you spend time, money, effort, and attention in places you don't need to, which is probably, if you're failing currently, what you're doing. You're spending your time, energy, effort, attention, budget in too many other places. So now where is the balance? How do we sum this all up? How do we wrap up the balance in all of this? To begin with, you start with the market. market. Your audience is in charge. Your internal decision-making process had to be driven by the feedback, the data, everything that's given to you by your audience. It is not based on your opinion or what you would like or what you need. The balance here is 100% in the audience's favor in the market feedback, and 0% in the opinion of people inside the business. Their opinion has to be tempered by the feedback from the audience, especially if you're failing because that feedback is essentially telling you what you need to know, which is you're not going to make it, and where you started your initial launch, and what you're doing currently is wrong. If your sales are not happening, you're doing something wrong. You balance this out with accessing all that data with an open mind. And I'm going to emphasize open mind. It's 100% the market, 0% your opinion. You have to be open to having your opinion changed by the data, by what your audience demands are in order to be successful in business. This is the how business works. Get over it, have an open mind, put your feelings aside, and do the work necessary to make the business successful. Understand you must listen and react, but not force an outcome. You can look at any set of data and find any answer you want if you've predetermined what that is. This goes back to your opinion is irrelevant. Stop looking at data to back up your opinion. Look at data to find what the truth is, where the opportunity is that you're not currently taking advantage of. So how do you know that it's marketing, product, or both, or something else? We'll begin, again, with an open mind and self-honesty in this process. You have to be willing to say we had it wrong before and we need to make these changes. Don't worry about who gets the blame. Focus on a better outcome by improvements in the process. Your opinion is irrelevant. Research and analysis will show you. The research, the data, the analysis will give you the answers to how we can be successful because we're currently failing. If you can't find the answers in that research and in that analysis with an open mind in going through your processes, you simply haven't done enough. You have to either do more work or get more data. Once you get more data, you have to do more work. If you cannot find the answers, you have not done enough work. If you want to try and find true balance here in this process, you have to understand there are no sacred cows. There's no such thing as we can't go there, we can't do that, If the audience is telling you the thing that you think is the best feature in your product is irrelevant and it's costly, thus you're driving the price up and changing your position and doing things in a completely backwards way from what your audience wants, simply because it's a thing you find the most important, the thing that you would call a sacred cow, you must sacrifice that sacred cow if that's the audience demand. If it's the thing keeping you from connecting with your audience the right way, from setting an expectation that can be met delivered upon, and repeated upon, if that is so, you must sacrifice that sacred cow. You must not get stuck on, we must keep this because we really want it, we really need it, we really believe in it. Let the audience data tell you what to do. Also, follow all red flags. Anything that looks off, anything that looks suspect, anything that has not been thoroughly examined and vetted, we started with our processes. We started with how we do things Everything needs to be vetted, everything can be changed and improved every single time you do this because it's a repeatable process. Business never stops. Marketing and data collection never stops. So we're going back to the initial processes. Everything that gets a red flag has to be examined, needs to be improved. And anytime someone answers with that because that's how we've always done it, that is the biggest, most immediate red flag and must always be examined. It may be true that how you've always done it is the right way to do it. You won't know. We won't be able to take that red flag off of that. Until you vet that process and make sure that, in fact, that is the best way to do that by examining it, by working through it, and then approving that or not. So, follow all red flags until they are eliminated and replaced. The how we've always done it is replaced with because we vetted that process recently and we did decide that is the best way to do it. Accept all of these outcomes things that are changed, things that are moved, the secret cows that need to be slaughtered, the red flags that are addressed. Accept all these outcomes if they are driven by the data you've collected from your audience who is willing to spend their time, their effort, their attention, their focus, and their money on your product or service. Getting them to the conversion process is the hard part. Keeping them is the easy part if you will commit to this process to accept the outcomes of what they tell you because they have invested their budget, their team, their their time, their energy, their attention and their money, the budget team, the phrase I've been using recently. I hope you like it. Thus, you have to fulfill their wishes, accept those outcomes, accept what they tell you, accept what they're looking for, set your expectations based on what their expectations are. Also- the same time you make these changes, you make these improvements, you go back and reflect it back in your marketing and your processes. Again, the balance, both internal and external, inside and out, how you tell people what you do and then how you actually do it. These are the two aspects here. Put A-B test into both of these scenarios. A-B testing is a common marketing concept. Everyone understands how to A-B test and marketing. Also, A-B test your internal processes Changes and decisions you can make if you can give yourself a second or third or fourth option, move forward with them with the understanding that you're looking for one or two of the best versions and that you are looking to eliminate the A or the B. It's an AB process only if you're looking to see which one works the best and then follow that path, accept that outcome. So, all the discussion we've had today, all this process, all the changes, again, if it's internal, in your marketing, external in your sales and in delivery and the expectation of your audience, put A B testing in and then accept the outcomes from the numbers, from the success factors, but also keep investigating. I said earlier, business never stops, marketing never stops, delivery of the product never stops. It's true, it never stops. So as you continue to do your job, you do your A B testing and you look at everything and you're starting to connect. You've done a good job connecting. Now you're creating repeatable business in, in the market. At some point, things will change. Audience expectations will change. Technology will change. You'll have a new competitor. Maybe legal will change. The economy in general, maybe an outbreak happens like COVID-19 again. Things will change. So continually investigate so that any point when change happens, you're there to make the necessary adjustments, not major changes, but adjustments necessary to follow the path of success that you have to be accepting the outcomes because you're listening to your audience, because you're following the real world feedback from the people who spend their time, money, attention, and money effort with you by buying your product or service. That is how you balance this out. You balance internal and external. You balance what you know versus what you learn. You balance setting things in motion and understanding that they'll be improved in the future. And you un- understand the whole thing is driven by your audience. So stow away your opinions. Listen to the data. If You don't have enough data. Do more work. Thanks for listening to the Professional Balance bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. I'll be next back next month with a new topic and new podcast every Saturday with a hustle and motivation advice from the office while the competition is still sleeping. You know, the Saturday Morning Hustle. Please subscribe, leave a review, make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed in this series in the future. Today is also Memorial Memorial Day, so please take some time to reflect on those who have given the ultimate sacrifice and their families for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. appreciate you guys sticking with me for 40 minutes today on the bonus series, the balance series bonus content of the Saturday Morning Hustle. I appreciate it very much. If you have questions, if you would like more information, if you would like to discuss topics that could be on this content or the Saturday Morning Hustle regular post on Saturdays. Please leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. I appreciate it very much. We'll see you again soon.
1: Saturday
0: Morning Hustle Saturday Morning Hustle Saturday Morning Hustle Wake up and keep chasing your dreams Bye.